Welcome to Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations, HispanicNPR.com. This is Elena DelVal, and my guests are singer Diana Mera and Lorena Schmidt, a public relations professional with SGM Records. They will discuss marketing music to Hispanics. Diana was born in Quito, Ecuador. She was raised in Lima, Peru, and lived in Mexico, Venezuela, and Switzerland prior to arriving in the U.S., where she now resides. Diana, who always had a great desire to sing, started her career in TV shows such as Despierta America on Univision and De Mañanita on Telemundo. Four of her music videos have appeared in shows like VH1 and MTV Español. Recently, she was a guest on radio and television shows like El Gordo y la Flaca, América en Vivo, Univision Radio, Caracol, and Cadena Azul Radio. In recent months, Diana had the chance to perform on Cristina Saralegui's show. Diana is also a composer and actor. She was part of a play written by Eve Ensler and was nominated as Best Actress for the Vagina Monologues. Diana is recording her second music album with two-time Grammy-winning producer Gustavo Borner and Danny Thomas, composer of hits that have been recorded by celebrities like Araceli, Arambula, Cristian Castro, Diego Torres, Lara Fabian, and others. Songwriter Claudia Brandt is also collaborating in the new album. Lorena Schmidt recently joined SGM Records as a publicist and works closely with the public relations team to generate national and international television, print, radio, and tour presses for artists such as Diana Mera. Lorena has 16 years of experience in the communications and public relations field. She comes from Mass, Arizona, Channel 55 in Phoenix, where she worked as programming director, news anchor, and producer for six years. As programming director, she had the opportunity to work directly with record labels and artist managers since the, since the station broadcast music videos and entertainment news 75% of the airtime. She began her public relations career in 1990 as spokesperson for the government of the state of Mexico. Her responsibilities included coordinating media interviews and representing the governor's office at public events. Lorena later joined the Sistema de Radio y Televisión Mexiquense in Toluca, Mexico, as a public relations manager. Within a couple of years, she was offered a position as reporter and later became a news anchor. In 1997, Lorena accepted a contract with Univision Phoenix and moved to the United States to become news anchor for the Noticias 33, 5 and 10 p.m. editions, Monday through Friday. Diana and Lorena, welcome. We're thrilled you could join us. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for the invitation, Elena. Absolutely. Diana, let's start with you. Tell us how all of this started. Why or how did you decide that you wanted to sing? Well, I always wanted to sing. When I was 10 years old, I uh, made up my mind, and I remember I, I grabbed a, a notebook, and I started to uh, do a plan, like a business plan, that I was going to be a singer. Um, I could say I didn't follow that plan much, but uh, that definitely made a decision, you know, that um, I was going to be a singer. But it started about maybe four years ago when I um, met Soledad Errada, who's my manager today, uh, in Miami. I was living in Miami, and uh, I met her, and, and I met Gerardo Higginson, who's a, 
um, the public relations director here at SPM, and uh, we met, and, and uh, I told them, you know, how I felt about the music, and uh, I was modeling them. And um, they said that we should try it, you know, we should do a project about it, and that's when I moved to Phoenix to start a project to, for them to develop me as an artist, and um, then we recorded a demo in Hollywood, California, and that's how it started. So you were developing business plans at 10. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was. How would you describe your style of singing and music? Well, um, it's a Latin pop rock, especially now with the second album. Um, I uh, write some of the songs in the first album. There was a couple of songs that were mine, and now we're going to have some songs of um, my uh, my writing as well. I will say the inspiration comes from um, life itself, of the experiences that you gain as you're growing up, and um, I try to do my best when writing songs so people um, can identify with what I'm feeling or I felt you know, at a point in my life. Um, Music-wise, uh, I try for it to be the best, uh, to grow with it, because you also have to uh, evolutionate with time and um, the rhythms and, and whatever trends um, that are happening in the music industry. But basically, I would, I would say it's just um, music and lyrics for people to identify and uh, feel um, whatever it is that you are, you know, to get to know you better as an artist and, and maybe as a person. Who's your target audience? I would say uh, the target audience. I've, I've seen so different um, age groups in, in my concerts, uh, but I would say it will be uh, teenagers to, I don't know, 40 years old. But I've seen kids and I've seen, you know, grannies that are shaking the booty to the music, and so it's everybody, I would say. It's, it's a very um, wide range of audience that, I, that I've seen, at least, in my concert. I would like to add something related with that, Elena. And uh, I think that uh, even though our main uh, audience target is the young people, there are two groups that, um, that are the principal groups that group that we, we target, and those two groups emerge as the heaviest music purchasers. One are the young hipsters, like um, Diana told you before, who are the heaviest segment of the music purchasers, between 14 and 29 years old, with nearly 80% under age 24. And the second group is still grooving, the second heaviest segment of music purchasers, between 30 and 54 years old. So Diana's music is really for, for all kind of audience. It appeals to, to all kind of audience. If we are talking principal to the young hipsters and still grooving. Somewhere between 14 and 54, which is a pretty broad range. Correct. What about gender? Both. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Her music is for male, female. Doesn't matter. I think uh, her music is appealing for, for both. Diana, do you sing in English and Spanish and both? Spanish, right now, as the only uh, language that we're doing. At least this album that we're recording, it's only in Spanish. And your first album was just Spanish? Yes. Does that mean that your audience is Spanish-speaking only, or do you find that you have admirers among the English dominant? 
I will say that um, the the audience, I'm, I'm sure there is definitely monolingual, uh, a monolingual a audience, but I will say uh, most of them are bilingual, and uh, I, I found uh, uh, some people that are uh, not English speakers and, and even in other countries that they don't even speak English or Spanish, and they're still uh, attracted to uh, the music that I do. Why do you think that is? I will say that um, everybody is attracted always to the Latin rhythms, and I think um, maybe the type of voice that I have makes people um, feel the, the uh, modern trend with maybe an exotic voice, it, and I'm not saying that um, as a considered thing, but um, maybe sounds exotic to them when they don't speak Spanish or English, and um, they, they find this music that is still on a, on a modern scale. And I think that music is the world's universal form of communication. It touches every person of, of every culture on the globe to the tune of 40 billion annually, and the U.S. recording industry accounts for fully one-third of uh, that world's market, So, which it means that music is, uh, I think, um, world's way of communicating and doesn't matter sometimes you cannot understand the words but you like the, the voice you like the rhythm and and that makes you feel good and that's why you buy sometimes the the music from other artists Lorena what was that number that you mentioned can you go over that again yes uh, what I told you is that 40 million 40 billion annually and the U.S. recording industry accounts for fully one-third of that world market. This is according, according to um, a survey that um, the music industry made recently. The overall music market worldwide is 40 billion people. Yes, every person of every culture on the globe tunes to 40 billion annually, and the U.S. recording industry accounts for fully one-third of that of the world market. Do you have any idea what portion of that is Latino music or Spanish language music? Do you know what is specifically on the Latino market? I, I don't have the exactly, exactly, you know, number, but I can tell you that shipments of Latin music defined as a product with at least 51% of the, of the Spanish language language content increases 27.7% in the first six months of 2005, according to the Recording Industry Association of America. In other words, it's a very good business to be in because it's a growing market. Is that right? Correct. Latin music market has continued to expand and is growing tremendously here in the U.S. What does this mean for someone like Diana, for example? That means an incredible opportunity of reach to too many people here, not just in the U.S. That means an incredible opportunity for, for, for an artist like, like her. Diana, have you performed live at any venues? Oh, yeah, many times, many times. Tell Along us. With the other album, we did a lot of that in different cities and states. What was that like? Oh, it was... It was amazing, amazing. I could say that um, the people, the reaction, I think the favorite part of, of being in this uh, career is to see the people, you know, rocking with you and, and feeling, you know, the vibe and how they sing with you and, and how excited they are, you know. They're ex as excited as you are when, when I'm performing. 
I'm, I'm very happy and thrilled to have an audience. And then when you meet them, you know, later after the show, they're just so excited. So I, I love that experience. Have you had an opportunity? Are the groups small enough that you've had an opportunity to have some conversations with them? Um, maybe not not conversations, but I always try to uh, take my time after the show to um, to at least sign or, or talk briefly with with people, and um, it's a great feedback because they tell you you know what they like, uh, where where they've seen you before, and everything. And and I can tell you that the audience, at least in my experience, they've been so sweet to me. And uh, you know, since I started, you know, I always remember that uh, I did. Um, a first big show. It was a single in Mayo uh, in Phoenix, Arizona. And after the show, I had never uh, had encounters with fans or anything like that. And uh, after the show, I had like 150 people in line to sign uh, for me to sign an autograph. And I hadn't signed any autographs by then. So I was just so excited. And I always remember that, that um, experience of, you know, it's, it's priceless. To, to see that after you're done, you know, your, your job um, that you already love and you're happy to do, then these people are just there, you know, to um, to tell you, you know, you did good and, and, and I, they want your picture. And, and it's just uh, a lot of uh, demonstrations of love that uh, you carry along, you know, your life. I don't think I will ever forget that one show that, that showed me that I need to be in this business because I can't live without it. What kinds of comments did they make when they finally reached the part of the line where you were waiting for them? Most, uh, along all the shows and all the experiences that I've had to this point, they always uh, compliment the voice. Uh, it's always about the voice. Of course, there is, there is uh, some flirty people who tell you other things. But uh, it's mostly about the voice. It's, it's mostly uh, they find it uh, unique, and, and they find it very special, and, and, and they always tell me, if I hear you again, I will be able to tell that that's you. And, well, that, that's just, you know, great to know that uh, they will be able to find me just by the, by, by the color of my voice. Elena, they also said, guapa, guapa, Diana Mera, Diana Mera. <laughs> I, I was. Say that. I thought there might be something else. <laughs> yeah, I told you there was thirty people. So she she is really pretty, not not just interior, but you know physically, she is very pretty. I thank you, Lorena. So they like your music, and they think that you're beautiful. Do they tell you anything about? Well, you said they they tell you that they like the, your voice. Yes, that's mostly what happens, and they like uh, the rhythms. They have fun. Um, I am a person that when I get on stage, I think everybody should be part of it. And uh, for example, sometimes uh, you have like audio problems, or you know something goes wrong, and it happens a lot in the business. You know, not not all the time uh, a show is just perfect, and. Uh, I try to be uh, very open with the audience and let them know we're having problems and maybe I'll just sing without a microphone and try my best for people to hear me, you know, in the back. And uh, we have a great time whether there is a problem or the, the show just runs smooth, uh, wardrobe, malfunctions, whatever. It's just, you know, I, I really try to have fun and I think people see that. 
So they're just so excited because maybe for that three minute and a half that a song may last, they forgot about you know their problems or their household or whatever. You mentioned that this was one of your first shows, the Cinco de Mayo show, and that there were 150 people waiting to speak with you, to see you at the end of the concert. Does that still happen? Yeah, it, it happens. And uh, then I had uh, um, other experiences, like people get on stage with me. And um, we've been growing with the concerts and stuff like that. When I started, we never thought uh, at that point we, we needed to, you know, have maybe more crew to for the audience. And uh, we learned that, yeah, we do, because people get on stage with me uh, as soon as I get out. They're right there. I, I think they feel unfriendly, and, and, and they just, you know, come up to me. So it still happens, and it happens more and more, which is great, because it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing to, um, to go through to see the people. But it definitely still happens, and, you know, we get a lo- I get a lot of fun mail as well with people telling you just, you know, keep going, you're doing a good job, and uh, we're, we're waiting for you. How do you get the fan mail? Is it by email? Is it by snail mail? Um, I get some by uh, mail, postal, regular mail. And uh, nowadays it's, it's a lot, I mean, the, the quantity is a lot more by email because on my website uh, there is a way to send me fan mail. And uh, I, I always receive it, and uh, I try my best to answer every single email uh, because, I mean, it's, it's so worth it. And do you know what? There is another way of how Diana communicates with uh, her fans, and which is through myspace.com, which is an Internet website phenomenon that has started as a network for um, young people to share pictures and audio files, but now it has become one of the most powerful resources for celebrities and upcoming stars to promote their music and get a real feel of their audience. And we have created a space for the Anamera at myspace.com, and right there we have the opportunity to network with over 77 million people. So uh, myspace.com has been a great promotion and sales tool for the Anamera, and she has right now 845 fans, and she communicates with the fans that she has and the new ones too. So this is a website, Lorena, where her fans can go to find information about Diana. Correct. About and not just about Diana, about a lot of, you know, artists, about a lot of singers like Shakira, you know, different ones. And Diana is there right now, and the people can log in there. They can see what Diana is doing, and they can also communicate and send messages to her. MySpace.com www.myspace.com slash Diana Mera. And once they get to the website, because remember, people are listening to us, they, they can't see it as we're speaking, what are they going to find when they get to that address? Well, they get to, to see me and uh, listen to uh, some audio samples of the second album, which is very excited because uh, it, it hasn't been released. And uh, there are some samples there. They can, they can watch videos. Uh, they can read my biography or news or anything that I'm, that I'm uh, uh, doing currently. Uh, now, if they want to uh, be part of, of the fans that are um, on the site, they will have to join MySpace, which is a free, cool service. 
So in order to get to the address that you just shared, people have to register. No, they can they can see everything. They can see the the, the they can listen to the audio. They can see the page and read what is in it, but like if they want to watch the videos or, or see more pictures or be added as a fan, then they need to register. But it's free and um, everybody's doing it. You can contact that person who has subscribed when there's news, a new product or a new video that you can share with them. Yes, absolutely. So you use some of those email registrations in your marketing program. Absolutely, absolutely. And we as well invite everybody constantly to, you know, to keep, you know, logging into this same webpage and Indiana's webpage and look for, for new information as well. But, yes, we always try to be in contact with Diana's fans. Tell us a little bit more, Lorena, if you would, what other tools, what other marketing tools do you use to reach out to develop a new fan base and to stay in touch with the existing fan base? Well, um, I need to tell you that it's been a challenging as an independent label um, because um, on, we've been, but we've been fortunate to have a team of professionals with experience and contacts needed to uh, go through the right people to use resources available. And I tell you that it's been challenging because as an independent uh, label, it's hard to get our music here in radios, networks, but we have managed to place our music in local radio stations in different cities throughout the U.S. and even in other countries like Australia, Ecuador, Mexico, Argentina, and Peru. And um, challenging also because media buying is pricey and we don't want to risk the quality of the product of this uh, second production. But, um, but we managed, you know, to do what, what we can, and we've been working really hard uh, trying to have Diana in different networks, like Diana mentioned before. Um, we try to um, have Diana in Univision, Telemundo, the main um, Latinos network, and um, also Diana is available on, her music is available on iTunes, which is the internet music store that recently sold its billion songs. And iTunes has, um, for the ones that don't know, has a revolutionary software that gives uh, the client a music library, internet radio, music store, video playing and buying, and now the popular podcast. And uh, just to mention um, some, and Diana Mera, the album right now is available at iTunes. The site is also a great, great tool. Of and, course. Um, also, um, we just started working with Televisa in Mexico City because they, requ they request to play Diana's Meta's videos in a music show that airs in 49 countries in Latin America, Europe, and the U.S., and that shows this uh, Ritmo Son Latino. So we try the different, different ways to try to reach uh, the community. She does a lot of presentations, and she participates in a lot of nonprofit events to reach out the people in her community and also give back a little bit of herself. That, that's what we do. So you're using marketing, advertising, public relations, and community relations tools to reach the different markets. Correct. Radio, TV, presentation, concerts. And so you're using mostly television, radio, and online tools, if I'm hearing correctly. Correct. Online tools, correct. What kind of responses do you get from the audience in relation to Diana's background 
and her being Hispanic, how does the audience respond to that? Uh, but you know what? Right now, the people love the Latinos. And it doesn't matter if are, you know, English speakers or, or, you know, Latino. They love, they love, you know. I guess that everything that started really strong with Ricky Martin, then Shakira. And right now, there is a, you know, huge, huge trend of, you know, everybody likes right now, you know, Latino music, especially Latin pop music. And uh, isn't just great the response. Diana, Diana just talked a little bit about the response that she has in concerts. I told you about the response in myspace.com with uh, 845 fans. That tells you a little bit, you know, of, of what is the response from the people. We really never had a bad experience. I am very new with SDM Records, but um, I've been talking a lot with my um, colleagues like Gerardo Higginson, who is the public relations director. And uh, he was telling me that, really, they never had any bad experience with Diana. I guess that music, like I told you before, is, is a great form of communication. With about 70% of the U.S. market being Mexican or Mexican-American, do you get any positive or um, surprise when people find out that Diana isn't Mexican, for example? You know what? I I I am Mexican. I am Mexican, and um, I talk a lot with the Mexican audience. And um, I guess that the feeling in the uh, Mexican community is not so much that I am Mexican. You are from Ecuador. You are from Guatemala. What I feel is that really the Latino is the Latino trend or the Latino taste or the Latino life. It's not too much about where you are exactly are coming from. It's more about, oh, you are Latina, and especially right now at this time with everything that is happening, you know, around the U.S., if you are coming from a Latin American country, you are part of us. You are part of this big group. But I can say that even though that Diana was born in Ecuador and raised in Peru, she has a Mexican heart. Oh, yeah, definitely, and, and I would like to add on that that um, uh, the Mexican community, uh, I will say that's uh, who, the, who I owe that I have a career right now. When I started in Arizona, I was uh, the only Latin pop artist locally. I was the only one, and all the festivals and all the shows that were available to me where uh, of música regional, tejana, cumbia, and uh, I remember that I will go with my Latin pop tropical song to this, you know, big festivals. I've sang with um, Araceli Arambula, um, uh, this, uh, it's all all these artists, uh, Tijuana, Los Tucanes de Tijuana, and a lot of shows like that that were really, really uh, uh, focused on Mexican music. And I will go up there with my dancers and this music, and I will feel, you know, I'm in the wrong festival at the wrong time. <laughs> and people will start looking at me like, why are you singing that music? And then they will, you know, start to, to shake the booties and start to, to like it and, and be like, wow, she's brave enough to come stand up and and sing another uh, genre. 
to, to us, and uh, it will end up being a success. And I was uh, programmed, and I'm still are, on a very, very Mexican station. It's called La Campesina, and they're running five cities. And I will do interviews for them and remotos for them and everything. So the Mexican community in Arizona and um, this side of the country, I'm, I'm um, in, in California, they've been very supportive of me. And uh, I also run a promotion in Mexico de Efe through a radio called Cuadrante Radio. And uh, they they loved it and they supported me. And But it was a time two years ago where there was not many, uh, there was actually none where, where I started. Everybody was Mexican and everybody was doing Mexican music and there was no room for a Latin pop artist. But I don't think there was no room. I think... Nobody wanted to take a place in um, in their industry, and I did, and they supported me. They were lovely. Uh, I'm telling you, from the audience to the people who run the, the radio stations, the TV networks, and and the ones the promoters who give you the opportunity, you know, to to have a microphone and and, and sing to your audience whatever type of songs or music you're doing. We need to consider something else. If we're talking about Mexican audience, we are not just talking about the Norteño music because Mexican audience likes a lot of cumbias, salsas, tropical, and as well as Norteño. So it's a mix of, of, of uh, rhythms that we love. And we need to consider that last uh, CD, the, the last production from Diana Mera, she has cumbias, she has salsa, and she has tropical music. The Mexican audience where does hip-hop and reggaeton come into play in this spectrum that you're sharing with us? Reggaeton doesn't have anything to do with Diana. No, well, I understand that. But you were talking about Latino music and... Reggaeton right now, this is a huge, huge trend right now. And, and hip-hop as well. And... Um, Music always is changing, always. It's constantly changing, changing, changing. And this is a, a, a new trend that, the, that arrived and the people loved, and it's a mix of Puerto Rican music with, uh, with American music. And Dominican. Dominican. So it's, it's a mix of, of all of these rhythms. And uh, on reggaeton, um, reggaeton is a, it's a new trend right now that it's uh, being commercialized. So everybody, you know, it's dancing to uh, reggaeton and Daddy Yankee and Abby Queen. But it's been um, over 30 years that the reggaeton music has been going on as an underground music in Puerto Rico and um, República Dominicana, where it used to be just uh, uh, like a black market of reggaeton. People will make, uh, you know, homemade cassettes and uh, sell them, you know, for for a few bucks to, to listen to this music. It was an underground music over, over 30 years. That's why you see uh, Ivy Queen or Daddy Yankee or Don Omar when they say, oh, it's been 13 years that we've that, that we been in the career, or sometimes there is reggaetoneros that have a lot of more years that they tell you my career has been, you know, over a decade, and, and the audience will be like, how come? It was just last summer that I listened to your song for the first time. But they've been, you know, working, you know, a lot on their music, but it was until, you know, maybe uh, uh, two years or one year that the record labels started to uh, uh, pay attention to this, uh, uh, I will say, very cultural movement of music. 
I've heard that one of the characteristics that makes reggaeton stand out is that it has been a unifying force, that when people listen to it, they think it is Latino music, not Puerto Rican, not Dominican, not Panamanian or Mexican, not from any one country, but that it's a blending of music that Latinos seem to like universally. Would you say that's true? Yes, I will, I will, I will say it is true. Uh, it, it is the, the same uh, phenomenon that happened with the hip-hop. The hip-hop is uh, the main music uh, for uh, African-Americans in the United States. So what they're doing with reggaeton is to be the, the universal music for Latinos in the world. It will be uh, the music of the del pueblo. That's, that's how they're calling it. I, am, I, I don't sing reggaeton, but I have a great respect for uh, all those artists. And that's what I know about it. That This is the, the movement that is happening. is for hip-hop and reggaeton. Hip-hop, obviously, is for everybody. I mean, um, the Caucasians, the Hispanics, and African-American. But uh, reggaeton will be what hip-hop, the, the phenomenon, and, and what it started, like, what, maybe uh, 15, 20 years ago, for everybody to be unified by that music, for reggaeton to do that. In that, you can see with the type of beats that you hear and also the type of lyrics. It's a, a stories after story and after story, and they always try to uh, um, uh, send out with a message of a type of population of uh, from, you know, stories about maybe women or men, whatever, but they always try to emphasize of the, on their town, their hood, their, their barrio, their experiences, and how they're coming out to this uh, uh, great success. And it's a very sexy music. You know, sexy music and also the, the Anglo market, they love it too. Yeah, I yeah. I get a lot of comments of people saying, oh, we, we love to, you know, to watch, you know, Latin videos from reggaeton because there's beautiful ladies, beautiful Latin ladies. How is... One of the commonalities that I hear between Diana's music and reggaeton and hip-hop, for example, correct me if I'm wrong, is this concept of universality, the concept that it brings people from different Hispanic subgroups together in liking it and thinking, as you said earlier, Diana, this is a, a bit of a surprise when the audience watches it and says, oh, this wasn't what I was expecting, but hey, it's nice. And then all of a sudden, it's just part of their music repertoire. It, is that accurate? Yes, definitely accurate. I think so. And I think right now, at this moment, you know, the, the Latinos in this country, they are unifying. And in all of aspects, you know, not just politically, but also in the music industry. Does this make your job in marketing and public relations, Lorena, easier when you're out there trying to promote Diana and her music? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's much easier right now. The, the industry is more open to Latin music. And um, and like I told you, they, they are really, really open and they really welcome the rhythm and the artists that they really you know like and, and the artists that is really appealing to them. Diana, how would you explain to someone who has not heard your music how it is, what it's like, or how it's similar or different to other types of music? Well, it is Latin pop rock, 
And um, the, la the the part of the Latin is where you know all of our maybe uh, instruments from our countries uh, uh, come to play. The rock part, I will say, there is not really Spanish rock. I will say it's just rock, and um, the pop. The pop it's a mix of everything. You you don't you don't get to really identify what is what. But and in the mix of these three genres, wonderful genres for me, my my favorite one. Um, we come up with um, catchy songs, but that are meaningful uh, in their lyrics and uh, rhythms that will make you dance, make you um, very happy, or transport you to a very melancholic mood. Um, I love to have, as an actress, I love to to see that with music you can transport, like you can transport with a movie. If you're watching a movie and then you feel, oh, my God, that happened to that person, and then you just flow with it. The same thing with music. I think my music it speaks to uh, the feelings of people, whether they're happy feelings or, or sad or emotional. My idea is to, uh, to get to everybody with good music, meaning, you know, meaningful lyrics, and uh, make a difference with what I do. I, I just don't want to have a career in music and and not let, let leave anything for for the audience. You mentioned lyrics, Diana. Do you write some of your own lyrics? Yes, I do. I'm a composer, and uh, in this album, uh, I'm gonna add four songs. In the other album, I also uh, contributed. And, and it, that's why it's very important for me uh, when I talk about the lyrics to be uh, meaningful and and really send a message. To the audience, you know, in an album, it's very important to use it also for awareness. What? Whatever your, you know, your uh, object is, is to uh, uh, aware the audience, but uh, it's also awareness. What kind of message do you try to share with the audience? In in this upcoming album, we are having a a song, uh, one of the songs that I, I'm actually working on right now, uh, where. He talks about how experiences from the past and a lot of women and men have gone through about abuse and how is it when you come out of it and try to uh, explain your stories and try to prove, you know, this happened and, and, and how you try to get your life together um, to have success or to just have a normal life after something that was very traumatic. And uh, it's hard just to, to, to be someone new again and, and try to have success or have a normal life. So that's one of the songs that encourages everybody um, to, to have a good life, to try their best, but also to come out and say, you know, the, the, the things that, um, you know, almost ruin, ruin their life. But there is definitely hope, and they should always speak up, and we're all together in it. Elena, I just would like to add that Diana has been composing many of, many of her songs. Last year, she composed 20 songs. And the experts, like, pick up seven of those songs, and for sure four of them, like Diana said, will be in the new production. I, uh, last year, I was preparing for this second album, and um, I wrote 20 songs with the idea of just having enough you know, uh, material to choose from. I am definitely uh, very specific in this 
in this second production to uh, for us to be accurate and have a, a great product. So I made 20 songs. It was uh, I I can tell you that it wasn't an easy an easy an easy show. Uh, it takes a lot of your emotions, and I could say that after I wrote the 20 songs, I was emotionally drained. But it was worth it because now that they've chosen, they chose seven, and for sure there's going to be four in the album. I mean, I feel flattered to know that uh, the experts um, think that, you know, for my songs um, are, are worth it to put in an album, that they're putting so much, you know, uh, investing in the many ways of investing that there can be. What do you like more, to compose or to sing? To sing. Why? Why is that? Uh, I I love it. I love it. Uh, it's from the recording. The recording process is great, especially with uh with my producer that I have now, Danny Thomas. He's awesome. We have a good time, and to sing live, uh, the the challenge is just amazing. And 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 I guess that's the way I feel when I'm singing. That it's very hard to explain, but I love it. And. Uh, if I had to choose, it would be definitely sing over composing. But I also like composing because it gets um, I get to to explain a lot of things about me and also communicate with people about you know my experiences of somebody else's experiences. Not every every time it's about me that I'm writing, but uh, I'm I'm using my my capability to uh, communicate. Um, stories of others or my stories to uh, my fans. How is singing live, like you just mentioned in the a moment ago, similar to the music videos? Uh, I wouldn't think it's similar at all. At all, uh, it is two totally different experiences. Um, one because you don't have the cheery audience, you know, helping you out with your performance. And when you're doing a music video, it's more uh, inclined to acting than actually you being a singer. Because it takes a lot of acting for you to sing in a certain way for the camera. You always see, you know, uh, singers on the music videos that um, are singing in a way that it, it, it may not be possible because they're working on a beat and there's no way you can hear them sing that way. So you have to uh, be something else and, 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 and transform into a character uh, that can be, depending on the director's choice, you know, if the song is sad, what are, your, what are you going to um, project from that song. But it's more inclined to acting. That's how I see it or what my experience has, has been. And Elena, when you are, uh, when you are recording a, a video clip, Remember that you need to do it over and over and over and yes, over. And yes. you know that sometimes, you know, the artists really sometimes get tired, <laughs> the makeup, and when she's, you know, live, is the immediately response of the people. The people is just right there, and she can feel that vibe, and that is great for her. So it's just very exciting to be there with a live audience. Oh, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't trade that for anything. That's my favorite part. Of, of the career, that is definitely it. I mean, that's, that's what I think most of us get into the business, is just that immediate response. And, and you're looking at your audience right there, how they're reacting to your music, to your voice, the style, 
And uh, the best thing is when they sing with you a song that you wrote. That is, it doesn't get better than that. That must be wonderful. Yes, it is. And you know what, Elena? I need to tell you something. She really transforms herself. When she is on the stage, I am really amazed. And I'm like, wow. I mean, where that powerful voice came, you know, up to? Because when you talk on a regular basis with Diana, Diana, you know, is um, low-key, you know. She's, she's very nice. But when she gets on the stage, Oh, my God. It's like uh, she really transforms herself and just gives everything to the audience. Diana, do you do anything special now with with, um, what Lorena mentioned? Do you do anything special to train your voice, to maintain it, to be able to transform yourself on stage that way? um, I train occasionally. I I wouldn't lie. I don't train every day or anything like that. I train on on seasons, you know, when I'm going to have a lot of shows lined up or when I'm recording. Like right now, um, I'm recording every every two weeks or so while I work with the song. So I, I start to rehearse. I do a lot of rehearsing, but I will say what I contribute the... The transformation state is just something else magical that I can't explain. I happen to be a very shy person. Um, if you, you know, the way I am, like Lorena was saying, oh, she's so low-key, and, and I'm very low-profile as well. I'm, I'm very shy. I, I, I'm not that, that person that will sing on a party and be the one. No, I'm, I'm very uh, uh, shy about... Um, the singing and everything, but when I have to go on stage, something else happens, and I will say that that magical component, maybe the audience, I just become somebody else, and I'm so outspoken and uh, all over the place, and when the show is done, you know, sometimes I look back, or they show me at the office, you know, a, a video, and they're like, oh, you were great, and, and I feel that I wasn't even there. So it's uh, I trained, and that helps for you to have your voice in the in the in the right shape to perform because you always you know all respect to to the audience, so you have to be prepared. But also it's just that the the, the audience how they make you you know they make you. That's that's when they say that you know the audience makes you. They definitely make me. So you, you don't tequila, Elena, before the <laughs> <laughs> tequila, maybe after. <laughs> no, I always, I always, uh, when when I'm gonna go on stage, you know, uh, my team, you know, my manager, she's always, uh, Soledad's always like, okay, you're gonna do good, and and they're always worried, you know, that everything has to come out right, and I always tell them, don't worry about it, the angels are gonna help me out, and they're <laughs> like, okay, go on stage, and they don't worry, and then it happens, the magical thing happens, and I think. That's what they're always hoping for because I'm very shy. You don't get to see me like that, uh, you know, off the stage. I'm very quiet uh, as they're driving me to a show. And and I I guess they always feel like, oh, my God, is she going to transform? When is going to that happen, you know? But it, it does happen. So don't worry about it, people, my team. They're always worried that um, something may happen. But you know what? Sometimes... Yes, we worry a lot, especially when she's singing and the people is coming to the, up to the stage. 
I mean, we are really shaken by then because uh, when the people start coming, you know, to the state, sometimes you cannot control the crowd. But we do what we can, Elena. To those listening who are at Diana's concerts, please don't come up on the stage. Please keep a respectable <laughs> distance. Because she really put us to work, huh? Well, I love it. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't send that message because I really like it. Uh, I've been scared a couple of times, maybe the first, you know, couple of times that happened. Uh, but I think it's great. They're, they're there just to, you know, have fun with you. Um, and I think it's wonderful. You know, for some, um, for example, me that I was talking about how I'm shy, I don't imagine, you know, you know, going up to somebody and, and saying, I like what you're doing, sign an autograph, lest I will go on stage with somebody else. And I think that for somebody that doesn't know you in a personal level, because I always think that uh, they may know you from the TV or the radio, but they don't know you on a personal level, and they're breaking a, 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 a distance, you know, to just go up to you and tell you, oh, I love you, and I like what you do, and, and they see it, you know, with you on the stage. I think that takes a lot of, of, of energy and emotion from them, and I wouldn't say that to the audience, no matter what, you know, the team is saying, if they're on the stage, I'm happy to be with them on the stage. We see, do you know why, Elena? We see a lot of little girls and boys coming to the stage and dancing with her, and we love that, absolutely, we love that. That's wonderful. What's next? What is next? The new, the new album is next. That uh, we hope uh, it will be released by, at the latest, September. We are depending on the major music label that we want to partner with. The next album is coming out in September. Correct. And how is this different from the first album? Totally different. Totally different. Um, the quality, we tried um, the quality, to improve the quality. Always there is a chance of improvement in every uh, production that we do. And um, the style. In the album that Diana had before, it was a mix of rhythm, like I told you, cumbia, salsa, tropical, eh, electronica. And this is more and more specific to Latin pop rock. What can you say about that, uh, Diana? Yeah, definitely. On the the difference between um, the first album and the and the second, we are working on the second right now. It, it hasn't been finished, so I wouldn't have you know the last details on it. But the first album was a way for me to develop as an artist, to understand what I wanted to do music-wise. I understood I wanted to be a singer, but I wasn't pretty sure about the genre because as a Latina, it's hard to choose when you have so many options. You know, we are a, a, a cultural um, movement that uh, that has different choices, you know, from the reggaeton, hip-hop, rock, uh, pop, Latino, balada. It's just it's a, it's a wide range of options. So in this album, uh, we tried different things. Um, I made a tribute to Celia Cruz um, that was Kimbara and Toro Mata on a mix that uh, gave me a lot of... Um, response from the audience. It was a great way to, for me to taste, you know, what salsa was. Um, then I, I did some cumbias for my, my Mexican crowd. And um, and then I did some Latin pop, and it was a little of techno. And I tried a lot. I could tell you that I learned from it, 
but I that gave me that gave me an opportunity to focus on what I wanted to do for real. And I understood that I wanted to do rock, pop, Latino. So um, that's the music that I listen to. That's the music that I relate to. I love to perform any type of music, but as a career, uh, the Latin pop rock is definitely uh, my choice of life as of right now. And uh, in this new production, I, I see that the team of producers that we're working with, they're, you know, uh, top producers. They're, you know, a two-time Grammy win winner, which is uh, Gustavo Borner, and then Danny Thomas. He's a great producer, a great person to work with, and he has written songs for huge, you know, celebrities. And, and that makes a, an environment of professionalism that I didn't have before with the production staff who were not uh, working anymore. Um, the producer that I had before uh, didn't have quite the experience uh, for me to reach the goals that I that I that I was that I set myself for. So it was a mixture of genres. Uh, the type of music in in terms of quality wasn't uh, the most you know. Um, it wasn't the best. I think for the time, at the time that it happened, it helped me a lot. It helped me to grow. I went places with, with this album. But right now, I really want to uh, uh, make it in the in the music industry as, as one of, of the uh, uh, top artists. And um, I, I, I don't want to settle for, for less than that. So the team of producers that I have right now with my manager, SGM Records has always been amazing totally amazing and, and they're the ones who are helping me grow but in this one you know with SGM and the type of producers that we're working with uh, and the musicians I mean we have Greco from Brazil who has uh, played for uh, No Doubt you know the, the group that uh, Gwen Stefani uh, used to be uh, the main vocalist so it's totally different and the songs are also more uh, better uh, chosen because you have different subjects I mean, it will be, this album will be like a book, you know, where you find, and every song will be a chapter, where you see really a different story. It will differentiate from one to the other. I mean, I'm very, very, very uh, ecstatic about the, the this second album. It's just such a good work, and how we're doing it, uh, it's already making a difference from the first album. Lorena, do these differences that you shared with us about the coming album make any difference in terms of your marketing and outreach strategies? Uh, but you know what? Not really. Not really because we are targeting the, the same audience, the same audience, and uh, what I think is going to be more appealing to the uh, audience and uh, is going to be is going to be helping me to, to promote her better because it's uh, better quality. And um, I think that can reach uh, more people now. We can reach more people. What this album, what this album is, is just make my job easier. Diana, what would you say to somebody who's listening, who has always dreamed of singing and performing? What advice would you share with them? Um, well, first of all, to believe you know, in the, your desire, your dream. First of all, you have to believe in yourself uh, more than anybody else. And, and then the key to everything is discipline. 
you have to be disciplined and 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 every day and every day you have to be working towards a goal you you can't rest you know you can't take a couple of weeks or months off uh you just can't you just have to keep going be very disciplined work very hard and know how to follow instructions let somebody else guide you not everything you know you you can't do everything for yourself you have to learn how to follow instructions uh and 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 let other people teach you so you can grow. Lorena, what would you say to someone who wants to reach Latino audiences to promote music-oriented product or service? What advice would you give them? Get to know the Latino community. Um that's the main thing. And have a passion of of what you do. Have a passion of of uh, the people, the community and also um, love your job. And, and if you like also the artists that you are representing, for sure make your job easier. Diana and Lorena, thank you for joining us. And to our audience, thank you for listening to today's interview with Latin pop rock singer Diana Mera and Lorena Schmidt, a public relations professional with SGM Records, brought to you by Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations. HispanicNPR.com, providing you essential information on America's largest minority. Next up is a preview of the song Conmigo from Diana Mera's next album. Viaja conmigo, todo conmigo, disfruta conmigo y conmigo, siempre conmigo. For more information on how to reach Hispanics with marketing and public relations tools, visit our resources section at www.hispanicmpr.com. That's www.hispanicmpr.com.